0: Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys and a Mic with your hosts, Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. There's an important message waiting for you at the Truth About Child Loss podcast. It's a message of heartache and pain, but also of strength, faith, resilience, perseverance, The Truth About Child Loss by The Christian Jaden Project, available now on Spotify. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website www.RenegadeSoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You are worth it. Good evening, folks. Welcome to our midweek show. Uh, we're podcasting again, uh, two guys in the mic. I'm one of your hosts, Ron Pierce. RP is what they like to call me. And I'm your other host Big Sean. How's everybody doing this evening? Yeah man, how's everybody doing? Uh Sean, how are you doing? How's your day been? My day is cool man. I kind of just relaxed today and and kind of took it easy. Been a little tired man. I have a lot of stuff going on so I just Yeah, couldn't... what's an off day look like for you man? Well <laughs> when you off but you but you still trying to fulfill other things uh Business wise, I ain't gonna put your whole business out there. But. Right. No. T- today, I kind of really, literally didn't do anything, man. I did some laundry and I played a little PlayStation today. Okay, so it was awesome. I, I literally took it. Yeah, I, tr- I try to do that, man. I think we need to, people need to do that more. Um, somehow society is convinced us that we have to be doing something all day, every day. At all times. Yep. Doing something is something wrong, and I don't think we rest yep. enough. It's yep. why everybody's so stressed out for anxiety. Sometimes you got to take a day or your body's gonna do it for you. Like if you, yeah. you keep 100 miles an hour, eventually your body's gonna they're gonna make you take a day. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree with that a thousand percent. Um, so yeah, I, I do like to work <laughs> hard, but I also like to, to relax and chill hard uh, or play hard, however you wanna look at that. Aspect. Exactly, exactly. Um. So again, welcome to this mere week show. You know, sometimes me and Sean have to catch up. I know you guys probably think we talk all the time, but since we talk so much, uh, when we do get together, we probably don't talk that much <laughs> outside. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so right. we just wanted to catch up a little bit. But glad you guys are, are with us for those of you who, who are. Um, today we're going to start out talking about the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, which are uh, going on right now. They're in the divisional round of the playoffs. Uh, I was actually sitting here watching uh, the Yankees and the Rays I actually called the Rays the Devil Rays. I don't think they've been called the Devil Rays in about uh, 10 years probably. <laughs> but uh, and, it's, and it looks like it's going to be a pretty solid game. It's tied 1-1 in terms of uh, the series but right now the, uh, the Rays are up one nothing in the middle of the third. I watched pretty much uh, the whole first and second innings. it seems like it's a pretty good pretty evenly matched uh, game but the the thing that I I really wanted to touch on because again the Indians aren't in it so I'm a little bit detached uh, honestly but as I was watching this game it kind of struck me that these guys were playing a baseball game that wasn't in New York that also wasn't in Tampa Bay so it led me to have this, this this thought, this question, like, man, how does that affect? It's, it's just like the bubble. So, I mean, I guess it's the baseball's version of the bubble, correct? Right. So the thing was that the, the problem that I had was how does this affect the baseball players when it boils down? When you're at home, you know you got that short pork out to the right. Or, you know, you got that, you know, big wall out. In left field. So there are things there's nuances, crevices, and cracks in your building that you get used to that now you gotta get used to a whole different setup. I almost feel like it's like spring training as opposed to the playoffs. I mean, am I am I like just going off on the tangent? Am I tripping or do you see no, it? that's that's the unique thing about baseball? It's the only sport. And correct me if I'm wrong. It's the only major sport—let me let me um, put that caveat out there—that all the arenas are different. And basketball and football and hockey—all the dimensions of every arena that you play in are the same. Baseball is different. Um, you have some some uh, parts that are bigger than others, and some that are smaller than others, and that makes different um, shapes of the outfield, the way the wall is, the home run wall is constructed. Um, I remember Houston, remember in Minute in Maid Park, how they had the flagpole like right in the middle of center field with a hill on it, you know, on yeah. top of kind of like a mini yeah. hill. So yeah. you had to play in center field. You had to be aware of that flag sitting out there. It's completely, it seems like you could construct your baseball stadium any way that you want to. So your outfielders have to learn how to how the ball may bounce off of the wall, especially like in Boston with Fenway Park right. and the Green Monster. You gotta right. learn how to how to play the caroms off of the wall. So, and I never thought about that until you just mentioned it. By these guys not being their home ballparks, you know how do they adjust to playing in in a in a in a foreign field um, like that? So that definitely comes as a as an adjustment. I mean, I think that that now I think I said earlier. That it might make it like a uh, like a spring training game. Let me let me let me correct that because I guess that really wasn't accurate. What's probably more accurate is I think it actually adds a little more, um, a little more stress, a a, a little more mental preparation, even because, like you say, the dimensions in every. Uh, field in every ballpark are completely different. Like there's some places that have a, a warning track. There's some places that end right at the wall. There's some places that have a lot of play and fair and in uh, uh foul ground. It's a lot of places that don't. You know? It's like <laughs> you know, you're running up that first baseline and thinking, oh I'm just about to catch this over my shoulder and you're running over the tarp because that tarp ain't there in your uh, in your park, you know what I mean. So, it's it's a it's a difference that you have to play with at all times, and you got to deal with it anyway when you're in a, when you're, right. you know, in playoffs because you play in and these too, different parts. But and also too, I guess the way for baseball to kind of make it fair, they put the American League bubble in National League ballparks, and vice versa, and put the National yeah. League bubble in American League ballparks. That's why you don't have enough. a so you know, both, all four teams are unfamiliar with those ballparks. They probably didn't play in them all season. Yeah, I mean it's almost like it it legitimately puts everybody on an even ground. No matter how good your team is you're kind of still all on even ground and anything can happen. So I think I I, I agree with what you're saying there because but like what advantage do you have? Like if you're a if you're a, a left-handed hitter, man, you love having that short porch in, in Yankee Stadium. You know what I mean? Or in Boston. Right. right? Like like you love that. Cause all I gotta do is kind of pull, turn, boom, that's 315, 320 feet. Home run. You know, whereas some of these parts, like I, I remember when they made uh uh Safeco. No, I'm sorry, not Safeco. Yeah, Safeco out in, uh, in Seattle. They were like, man, <laughs> you almost can't hit a home run at Dead Center. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because it was just so far away. But right. we have places like the Indians have a, have a, not a monster, but we have a, a home run porch out in uh in left field that in a lot of parks, you can hit that thing halfway up that, and that's a home run that we just steal that joint away from you, you know, because it hit the wall. Exactly. So it's crazy the things that that baseball allows or that baseball, and it kind of goes back to that same stuff that we were talking about in our other conversations about baseball. It's just one of those sports that they've accepted certain uh, things that are okay. You know, in football or basketball, if you had a, if you had a, 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 like you say, a pole right in front of the basket, like you couldn't shoot a three pointer on this side because that pole is right. like this, oh man, that would never ride. It's but in baseball, time. that's it's all good. Don't nobody care that you got to run uphill to catch this uh, ball in dead center. Right. <laughs> you know, don't nobody if you, care. If you, you remember, too, Brick Wall? <laughs> if, 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 to the I remember two, when, uh, when uh, Comerica Park was first built in Detroit. It was a cavern out there in the And it still is. the fences in. And it's still hard to hit a home run. Yeah um, in, in that stadium. They were trying to make yeah. it like old Tiger Stadium, like where it was real big and you know, spacious and stuff like that. And it and it actually for this live ball era where you can go in and, and just mash and mash and mash home runs, you can't really mash. Listen, right. I would like to see the person that hits. I know people have hit home runs out of old Tiger Stadium. i like to see the Southern Bits do it in Comerica. In i right. like to be there. Look at Wrigley Field, happened. man. Wrigley Field literally has a brick wall for its fence. That's so, what I'm saying. so you have, as a, as a ball player, like most most stadiums have a cushion. It's padded. No, they now do Ridley got a field cushion. Like this the, padded Ivy, with the Ivy, the, uh, if you, hopefully, if you're not running too fast, you can run into the Ivy and not be, not be <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, but I mean, baseball is just its own. It's its own yeah, thing. It's,
1: it's its own thing.
0: Um, but the playoffs seem to be. Everything seems to be going pretty, uh, pretty well. It seems like it's pretty exciting. A few games that I've watched, I've been a little bit pissed off. I'll be honest. Since the Indians have been out, um, yeah, I've been kind of on, on like a little strike from from baseball. <laughs> but uh, you know. It's all good. I think uh if I had to pick a team that's gonna probably I always want to pick the Dodgers, I just don't trust them. Um, no, they they always seem to choke. They always the, the Dodgers Bronco? won a World Series. Did they win one? No. Would they have did I don't believe. It. I think they did actually. Oh let me I have to look it up. Hold yeah, up. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and, and uh contact Mike, my crack staff here. Yeah, go ahead and uh and see and see what what the show contributors might have for that one. Um, because I feel like Kershaw finally broke through at some point. Yeah, I don't think. But I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. think he was in. No, in, um, no, they haven't, man. The last yeah, one. I was, was gonna say I don't day think day he in, was in. Kershaw wasn't in. Th- th- listen, man. The, I don't believe the doctors have won since we were twelve years old, bro. And you're right. Well 14. Well 14. Uh, rather. Right, I'm sorry. 88. That, that, that was the infamous uh Kirk Gibson. Yeah, the Kirk Gibson the home uh, walk on Duke home Duke. run when he was on one leg. Fluke home run off of uh off exactly. Right. right. Yes, yeah, so that's so I think the Dodgers have been to the World Series a couple of times. They have mm-hmm. that year that they had Puig and it. Kershaw and those guys, they were actually they were the favorites, but Kershaw choked. You know, uh, when you got a uh, the Cy Young Award winner, you expect that dude to just show up. I mean, I, I, right. I can't say that no other Cy Young Award winner has ever not won or not pitched well in the in the postseason. But your expectation is that this guy will figure it out once or twice.
1: You don't well, expect any Cy Young
0: Award winner has never pitched well in the postseason at all. Uh, Kluber, C didn't C C win Cy Young. Yep, he pitched okay, but he didn't pitch good in the he, game. He didn't. He it. wasn't lights out. Yeah, he uh, wasn't. Same not, he thing was with uh out. with Cliff Lee. I don't, I don't remember if the Cliff Lee team made the playoffs that year. However, Cliff Lee that. went to uh the Phillies and pitched like a witch. Of course he and did. season. Of course he did. Same thing with CC. When he left here, he was untouchable in the playoffs. Yeah, right. yeah. Even that, that one year, he spent in the Milwaukee. Um, he was like, oh, out. yeah, that year. And was great. That, 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 he was single handedly by himself. Yeah. I won't say by himself, but it was but damn he, near. He, yeah. He, he helped prepare that that team into the playoffs. I mean, so the, I think the they stuff lost stuff game, in the first or second round, man, but he was. The he stuff was that he gave in there and their postseason, like from the defensive standpoint, it made what everybody was doing defensively easier because you mm. wasn't hitting it. You weren't getting a piece of nothing, and if you were getting a piece, you were getting a piece. You, they weren't. I mean, this dude's stuff was electric, you know. Uh, right. Uh, but he was he was pitching for a contract, so yeah. <laughs> yeah so that yeah. makes sense. He was trying to get that two hundred mil, which I can't knock the hustle player. Hit oh, that no, money, never, never he knocked the
1: money.
0: hustle. he got a ring. How many rings did he get in New York? He just got uh, the- two, I think. So okay,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, by the time he came, uh, the Yankees, while they were still good, by the time he came, you know, they were they were aging at that time. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't going to the, the expectation was that they would be there, but they didn't go to the championship, uh, to the World Series every single year. Right, right. That whole that whole thing got kind of mashed out when uh, when. Uh, in two thousand one, I think the Marlins beat them or something like that. Yeah, they sure did. Ain't that crazy though how the Marlins are one of the worst run organizations in baseball? And they always manage to pop up like every how many championships do they have? They got two? two rings. They got two rings. They got two rings. It's one of the worst one of them rings. was versus us. Of course, we all know that. Yeah. Right, or, uh, you know, us Clevelanders know that. Um, you know, and they they shouldn't have won that year, but you know, they bought a team that year. They had, I mean, well they, had, well, they bought up. the team the second time too. They damn so don't care. give me the line who was on that team. No, they they uh, definitely no, I know they had hard. some big names on look, that team. Whoever, whoever they, was on that team, whoever was on that team, they all ended up in Boston, New York, and Texas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The very, <laughs> yeah, right. the very next year. Right. Very next year. As soon as they won that championship, they dismantled the team. <laughs> That's all they look, I don't and, and then the Miami fans act like they're the greatest fans on the planet. I don't want to hear it. Anyway, and you so would think in that area, like with the, with the Latino population, that they would be a, it'd be a bigger baseball hotbed. But the Marlins in the city of Miami, for a reason, they don't really have a good relationship, especially how they um, kind of trick the fans into subsidizing that stadium with tax dollars. You know, see, I was going to say dude, that's the first. That was the first problem. Uh, they kind of and it's and trust me, it's this is not the first time that something like that has happened where you gotten a land deal that you didn't live up to all of the specifications around it because all you actually want is the land. Once right. you get the land, now you actually have to go to court once all of the contracts are signed. Who the hell wants to go through all that red tape? Nobody, really. So it's just going to be a bunch of angry people. They say the same thing happened with the Mets stadium out in Queens. Okay. Uh, that, you know, a block and a half away from it, it's nothing. You know, it's, it's a desolate area. So okay. these things have happened. Uh, and this isn't the first case of it. Not that that makes it okay. But apparently it's become normalized that that's what ends up happening. Now, we've been fortunate here in Cleveland to have stadiums that actually kind of gave back to the local area because we remember what downtown looked like before Gateway came. And yeah, trust yeah, me, man. Right. that was not the place to be Hanging out <laughs> late at night, talking about, oh, I'm going to the Indians game. Okay, good luck. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Cleveland, Cleveland wasn't the place that you wanted to be hanging out on. Like, I played uh, 2K, and when you go to the Cleveland Stadium, you know, when you play at the Q, or as I call it, the gun, they always talk about the popular hangout on East 4th. I'm like, man, do these cats know what East Forth used to be? I <laughs> mean, I used to be the CD side of downtown CD, East Forth and the Prospect. The CD, yes, sir. So, Super all right, serious. bro. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was a was whole stroll back in the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you listen. You <laughs> might you might go in on East Forth on Euclid. You might not come out on Prospect. You might not make it out of there. Right. It, it just it just wasn't set up that way. But okay, let's move. Let's move a little bit uh, forward into uh, our next uh, topic: the NBA Finals. So, Game Four was last night. During our last show on Sunday, they were in the middle of Game Three. Yeah, and I was actually questioning whether this team would get swept or not because I hadn't seen. Um, anything from the team that showed like the fortitude, like that mental fortitude, the edge that I kind of gave them was the mental fortitude edge, plus the right. great leadership up top that already, that we've already done this. So we're not afraid of any situation that this team can put us in. So I expected them to kind of show that. And they actually showed it at, you know, that, that night. And I actually saw it again uh, last night, to be honest with you. They lost last night because of talent. They didn't lose last night because of they weren't trying or because of a, a game plan. They lost last night because as I the reason that I think they're going to lose a series freaking AD and freaking LeBron are too much. And when you have to deal with those two monsters, if KCP, somebody who we've <laughs> we've uh derided here on our show. <laughs> KCP played really good last night. So one thing about us and our show, we're gonna give credit what credit is due. Yeah, Even pretty if much. We that we you know don't no, like or don't think is any good. Because we we're we not haters like that, man. We ain't those we're types credit. of haters. We listen, yeah. we may not like we'll give you what credit is But when you show up, Ain't nothing we can do but say, man, that dude showed up. Uh, Caldwell Pope, uh, Contavious, showed up last night uh, in a huge manner. He had a lot, of, a, a lot of big shots or necessary shots early, and he hit a couple big shots. Yeah, and he hit a couple late because LeBron and AD didn't really have great games. They were a little off um, most of the game. Um, LeBron was off for the it, last it, two it, games. I don't know what the hell that was. Well, LeBron's been off for the last two games. Right. So it was the role players that pretty much kept them in the game and their defense, man. L.A. played hellified, intensive uh, defense last night. They kind of keep Miami in check because the one thing that I noticed, um, Jimmy Butler was being very passive um, in the second half yesterday. And a lot of that I can oh, to cool. do, with, uh, they put Anthony Davis on him. Um, that really just shows the athleticism of Anthony Davis that can as, as a center, basically. He was able to guard Jimmy Butler, and uh, I think he just took Jimmy Butler out of his hookup with his length. Um, Jimmy Butler was not attacking. He would get to the to the rim, and then he was kicking it back out for a three instead of trying to finish and draw the foul. And I think that really, to me, was a turning point in the game that kept Miami um, from winning that game because the game was there. Miami had, was, was was going yeah. to LA, and they yeah. had a got- Really good chance of winning that game, but Jimmy Butler just being passive in the fourth quarter. Um, they were definitely there. You're absolutely right. They were ab- They were, they were capable of. They had every opportunity, should I say, of winning the game or having the game be a bit closer than what it was with just a make here or there. I'll be honest. I think parts. I I agree with what you're saying about. A.D. covering him, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go a step further because LeBron is covering him, too. So So now you're dealing with both of these guys. Not to mention, Jimmy on the other end is also covering A.D. at times. So you got, that's a lot. Like, dude, that's a lot. That's a lot. And And that's where, where you need another superstar on your team with you. You gotta rotation. have, if nothing else, you gotta have somebody who's capable of uh, being a wing defender. Uh, and we go right back into that positionless uh, talk again, where you got guys that are, you know, we can't say that they're necessarily a, a, a power forward. We can't say that they're necessarily a small forward. They just can play. And, you need guys like that. Like, L.A. is long. L.A. is a long athletic team. Uh, of course, nobody's longer than freaking uh, uh, the Brow, but there are, they are a long team that you have to get into. And when you give some of those guys space, the Caruso's, you know, the Rondo's, when you get those guys space, they can score in space. And – I think the first two games, Miami was running their zone that they had been running all playoffs, which was working. Uh, But the problem that we are seeing LeBron and them have now, they've kind of come out of that. Now they're going to man to man. But I think now they're expending a lot of energy chasing guys, which is not leaving a lot for their offense. So I think it's kind of playing against them right now. Right. Uh, And uh, two, another point. You know Miami's been without Goran Dragic now for, I think three games now. Yeah, but that's a testament to you know Spolstra and those guys to be able to hang in there without your basically your second uh, leading scorer. Yeah, a lot of offense they're missing now. Tyler Hero has really stepped in and taken up a lot of the slack, but that kid is only what nineteen, twenty, and so down the stretch. Yeah, twenty. So down the stretch yesterday, he was trying to you know, help Jimmy and, and take a lot of shots, but he ended up taking a lot of bad shots. Where well, I think if you had the veteran presence of Dragic in there going in the game late, um, you know, they might have been able to, you know, to pull pull that game out. Because um, really, besides, you know, Hero and Jimmy and Dragic, like who's really else a scorer? On Miami, who else can go and get their own shot in their own? Well, budget? Yeah, okay. That now that's a different question. And I was gonna say it's a lot of them that can score, but yeah, the different question, the, the more accurate question. That I think you were trying to go for you just hit on, which is who can, who can get their own shot? Who's not worried about if while I'm standing here in the corner, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. I'm open I hope they throw it to me now. Type of type of a scenario. Uh, so. I don't really know that they have a lot of those guys on their team other than Jimmy uh, right. Dragic, who's not playing. Bam, uh, Bam can. I don't know that you really want to see him doing a lot of dribbling, but he can create his own shots, so I'll give him that much that much credit. And I think, I think Hero can. I'm just not sure that that's what you want Hero doing. Yeah, he's just young, you know, and that's why I wanted to see the Boston – LA series, did that match up? Because Boston has three guys that can go and get their own shot. And I think it would have created a matchup. It would have been a matchup problem on both sides. And I wanted to see how, you know, the coaches made adjustments in that case. I mean, Jalen Brown can get his own shot. Tatum, you got Kimball Walker, Marcus Smart has improved a great deal. They got a little bit of size too. Um, you know, with their center, so I really wanted to see that matchup, but that's neither here nor there because it didn't happen. But, um, I just knew that Miami just didn't have enough horses, um, to pour this series out. And I thought they would get a game, which they did. And now, uh, I think now that LeBron smells blood, AD smells blood, um, I'm looking for a blowout tomorrow in, uh, in game five. Who's the Who's the MVP? Um, It would be LeBron because he probably – when all is said and done, you look at his overall numbers, he's probably averaging close to a a triple double in the finals at 35 years old, 17 years in the league. So um, now as far as the most important player who does like all the dirty work has been Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo only scored maybe like two points last night. But he did a lot of the little things, man, keeping the ball in play on offensive rebounds, tap outs. He was doing all the little gritty stuff, man, that gave LA possessions, man. The stuff that didn't show up in the stat line. That's um, what he does. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. who he is. So like his veteran his veteran presence, man, was uh was it was what made- incredible. like having him out there on a couple of those, especially when the game was really, really close. Um there was times when the game was like within three points or five points or whatever, and L.A. would miss a shot. And, I mean, this dude would just get his hand in there, him and Caruso. Just get your hand in there and poke that thing out, and you get another, you know, 14 seconds. When you're down in the fourth quarter, three points and five points, and you don't get that rebound, and now we've just spent close to 24 seconds trying to get this bad shot. Now we've given him another 14 seconds. And I'm already tired, and I'm already out of position. You know what I mean? It just continues to create uh, that landslide, that that uh, snowball at the top of the mountain, and especially in that possession, that ends up uh, kind of taking you out. And um, and and I think, you know, Rondo really played that. But that's what that's who Rondo is. He's the savvy vet. He's to me. Right now, Rondo is playing, and I think you pointed this out, Rondo is playing the Ron Harper on the Bulls, Ron Harper on the Lakers role. Mm -hmm. He's just a savvy vet who's just going to keep everybody cool. I'm also going to knock down this jump shot. I'm also going to get this steal. I'm also going to set this pick. I'm also going to get this one. Re- you know what I mean? Like, that's just what he's going to do. And you need that guy. You got to have that guy because it it can't always be LeBron. It can't always be AD. Sometimes you need those guys to do the, like you say, the triple double stuff. Whoa, he threw that dude all the way out. <laughs> my, my bad. I got the gang. No, okay. They said he was safe. I don't know. I don't know how he missed that. But. Yeah, you need those other guys, the others, as Shaq says. You need the others to show up at times. You need those others right. to, to make those plays. And when you make those plays as the others, you make what LeBron and what AD have to do a lot smoother. Um, so I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, the question that I pose to you, Who's, who's the uh, MVP in the finals uh, if if L.A. wins, which we all anticipate, but we've seen goofier things happen. Yeah, especially um, this year. It's, <laughs> especially, especially this year. Um, if the Lakers, which I have picked the Lakers to win, because I know a lot of people know I'm, I'm not necessarily the LeBron apologist. I'm not necessarily the, Le, the LeBron uh, – lover that most people are so this has nothing to do with hate. I, I pick these guys to win the series. I'm just saying if because it hasn't happened yet. Uh, they play again on Friday, but if as we expect the Lakers win. If LeBron wins this MVP, the entire situation is rigged. The MVP of this series is Anthony Davis period. This dude has destroyed. And he has been the one part that uh, the Heat cannot deal with at all. He's been the matchup issue. Not to say that LeBron ain't uh, you know, that he, he sucks or to say that he hasn't done anything. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not even coming close to saying that. What I am saying is that the difference between what because I'll be honest with you, I thought that Kyrie could have been the MVP when uh, the championship was here in Cleveland. Here's the difference in what happened there or didn't happen there that is happening now. The games that Kyrie played really, really huge in were some games that LeBron played really, really huge in. So it kind of got overshadowed as it's probably going to going to always be. Here, AD has been the monster. Like he's been the monster. He's been the guy that nobody could guard. When you go 13 for 14 and you know you get he's averaging over 30 points in the series. So, if well, this is like, averaging he's just 25.8. In the series, yeah, so I'm going to run these numbers by you here. So LeBron um, is uh, 27, basically 28, 27.8 points, 11 rebounds, and eight and a half assists, where AD is 25.8. Let's round it up to 26 points, nine rebounds, and three assists. So like I said, LeBron is close to averaging you know, a triple-double in the series, man. That's why I have to give it to, you know, LeBron. Because I think LeBron just makes everything run, man. Like, he – as he, No, goes. he definitely makes everything run. Now, that part – well, now I, you listen, I said it a thousand times. One of the things that – he may not win championships, but there's a reason that you're there. You know what I mean? He may not have won every time he got there, but he was the reason. He was the main reason that you were there, because he is, especially when he was younger. I mean, he's such a, uh, he's such an issue in terms of the matchups. The dude is a huge issue. However, these guys do not win this series without KD. I'm sorry, not KD, AD. Oh, of course. Yeah, he needs I mean, and, the same thing. No, they wouldn't win without LeBron either. And, and that's, I, that's, I, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one. Well, they wouldn't be there without LeBron. They wouldn't win this series without AD. And I said the same thing with Kyrie. I didn't think that they would have won without Kyrie. Not that year. I know they, they, they didn't win without Kyrie the next season too, but they added Kevin Durant. So that was a totally different Animal, I think. Of course. Yeah. So his first two years, if Kyrie didn't get hurt the first year in 2015, we win that series. Right. Uh, we win, of course, that next year, I would expect for us to have won that series too. And then they added Kevin Durant, which to be completely honest, nobody on the planet of Earth short of the dream team would have been able to even almost compete with that team in a seven game series. So I mean, that is what it is. I don't, you know, I I don't, I wasn't mad because I knew that, you know, LeBron was going to win that thing. I'm just telling you, my expectation is that AD wins this MVP. I think he, I think he has shown him his value like last night, like last night, that, that it was all him. Last night was almost all him. He just In, in, in in the fourth quarter. And that's yeah, what was I was struggling listen, most. Of the games LeBron, games. Lebron didn't have a great game yesterday. He had some numbers, but Lebron did not play great. No, Lebron was all over the place yesterday. I was like, it was. I knew he played a bad game in Game Four, but my thoughts were, hey, that was Game Four. I, you know, that's one bad game. That ain't that ain't nothing. But to have two in a row, I didn't expect to see that. I didn't expect. Like I kept waiting for him to just break out and start to put together some, some stuff to where you start to say, OK, this is what I expected to see out of LeBron, like late in the game and stuff like that. He started, like, he had a better second half than he had the first half. I'll tell you that, which ain't hard, because he was awful in the first half. Then he started knocking down a few shots. He started you know, making some plays that you expected he to make. And you know what? And looking at the box score, it's funny. How much these guys kind of mirror each other, man. So, so last night, they were both 8-for-16 from the floor. Um, AD was 2-of-4 from the three-point line. LeBron was 2-of-5 from the three-point line. Um, Free throws, LeBron was 10-of-12 from the free throw line. Uh, AD was 4-for-4. And AD had 22 points nine rebounds, and four assists. And LeBron had a triple-double last night, man. He was uh, 28 – he had 28 points. No, I'm sorry. It wasn't triple-double. It was close to it, though. 28 points, 12 rebounds, and eight assists. So even – and that's crazy because we'll say, okay, LeBron was off, which he was, and still damn near had a a triple-double. Well, because of how how he plays. I mean, the game is played – in such an open fashion, I mean, it literally suits how he plays right now, and he's, and that's not a knock, that's not a, a a slight either. It's none of that. It's the way that the game is played. LeBron has figured it out and has made it fully work for what he does, and it and it and it does. It just works well for what he does, um, which is why he's so good. Which is why he's the best. Uh, in this generation. That's why he's the best. Nobody can get in this dude's way and slow this guy down. Like, especially, no. the, well, there's some guys yeah. that can get in his way and slow him down, but not getting to these games and not right. from getting the numbers that he that he wants to have. When you look at the numbers that he has, which is why everybody's like, oh, my gosh, he's so good. He's so good. this is one of the reasons why you have to watch the game. Because if you don't watch the game and if you don't know the game, you start to miss how the game actually played out because there's parts of those games. The reason that I say he was off isn't because I think, oh, he went eight for 16. That's only, that's 50%. That's the problem I have with numbers. If you watch the game, his first half was not 50% from the field. He did not play that great of a game in the first half. And the announcers were even talking about how, how, he was kind of still struggling, almost having like a game four hangover, almost. Mm-hmm. But, but here's the thing: when you have a guy like LeBron, the ability that this guy has, he, I, my all, my expectation almost always is that he's gonna figure it out. <laughs> like at some point, it's gonna start to balance out because that's just how he plays. Right, and they affect I mean? the game in so many did. ways. Like, in you know if it, Oh, you remember when he was in Cleveland, he had a couple of games. There wasn't many in his career where he didn't score double figures, but we still won because, he was able to, because he'd have, like, 15 assists. Yep. And 10 rebounds. he was able to affect yep. the game like that. And that's the true marker of a superstar. They want to handle that superstar moniker way too easy To everybody. They want to give it to everybody. But everybody right. can't win a game uh, when you're not doing all of the things that you normally do. Right to me, superstars affect the game in more ways than just one. Like if you're having an off night, scoring a superstar. Okay, I'm gonna get to the free throw line. I'm I'm gonna get to right. some of the team in foul right. trouble. I'm gonna face from the line. I'm gonna be an assist demon that day. I'm getting a distrib- I'm gonna be a distributor, or you know, reap somewhere that you're gonna still leave your mark on the game to keep your team in the game. Yeah. When you when you're not hitting, when you're not hitting your shot, when you're not in the spots that you normally get in and, you know, if you've played any sport, any sport, I don't care what sport it is, we all have a groove that we get in. And there's days where you think you did everything the way you're supposed to do it, and that groove just ain't there that day. Right. And, but, but, when that groove isn't there, do you just, does everything go away? Or do you try to do the best that you can? Basketball is one of those few sports that, like in in baseball, if you're a pitcher and you don't have your groove today, it's not much you can do but try to keep the balls in the yard until the until the you know uh, coach gets you out the game. Right. It's it's not a lot that you can do to, to recoup what you might have uh, thrown away. Same thing in, in football. If you if you're running a day and you can't really see the hole the same way. And this is your first fumble. Now you fumble again. Like, nobody wants to give you the ball again. Nobody wants that third fumble. You you don't even really want the ball again. Right. Basketball is one of those few sports where if I'm not hitting my shots, I can box this guy out and get a rebound or keep him from getting a rebound. I can still play defense and stop this guy from maybe getting his 35. Maybe he only gets 20 tonight and I, I make him shoot another 10 15 baskets even though I don't knock my shots down per se and like you say you can also go to the free throw line i ain't necessarily hitting my field goals but i can hit my free throws right. to get myself back into rhythm so back base excuse me basketball is a different kind of sport like that and lebron yeah. tends to do those things there's a lot of people that when they're not scoring it's no point in having them on the floor. LeBron ain't that dude. Right. You know, LeBron ain't that guy. You want, well, I don't give a damn. Uh, I play on 2K. On 2K, uh, the Lakers traded for me. And uh, then they wanted to sign me to a, a, a large contract. So, of course, I signed that joint. And I play with LeBron and I'm like this, it's times we in a game and on the video game. And I'm like, why the hell did he take LeBron? Out of the game? <laughs> <laughs> why the hell did you take LeBron? Exactly. Off the game? You know what I mean? So I hate the way they sub in 2K, man. That's just I, I can't sport. stand it, bro. I can't I see stand it. the that. point now, I take it. I take it off auto sub now because they pull my guy, <laughs> it'd be crunch time. They pull my whole starting lineup out and Listen, put in five bums. Why, why do, why am I on the floor? with uh, KCP and some rookie dude. I don't even know who this dude is. <laughs> so it's me, KCP, this rookie guy, and they made a trade for uh, for uh, uh, Mark Gasol. So I got slow Mark Gasol lumbering <laughs> up the floor. <laughs> LeBron, and, LeBron and AD on the on the bench. Chilling. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> And uh what's his name? Uh the light-skinned kid, the tall light skinned kid that plays. So Joe McGee. No, not McGee, uh Morris. Nope, he ain't Uh why
1: can't I think his name Cousy.
0: Okay. That's who
1: you got me out here with down five with three minutes to go. Man, if you don't get LeBron back in this damn game. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, even in the virtual world that's how important having a guy that is as capable and as talented uh, as LeBron is on the, on the floor,
0: gotta have a dude on the floor and he just gonna create. Hey, RP, um, fix your audio a little bit. It's a little bit uh, off on my end. Going away. Or is it like a little fuzzy? It just sounds like you're in a distance a little bit. Sorry about that, America. Um, it's personal. cool. Yeah, there, 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 You go. It's much better now. But yeah, that's you know when, when you have a guy that's that talented and that gifted, it's hard to, um,
1: it's hard to not have him around the, on the floor and clutch in, uh big situations. Because even if he doesn't get it, or even if he doesn't get the ball, having him out there creates uh, the illusion that he's going to get So, you have to account for him. You don't leave that dude alone. You don't leave him open. You got to account for him. So, that's a problem all in itself. Just having uh, to account for him can be a problem. You know, so, I
0: mean, uh, again, the finals are on Friday, and we'll see how all of those things uh, play out. I still say that LeBron doesn't win the MVP. But I, I suppose, but I suppose. if he does,
1: because I didn't know that he was averaging uh, a, a triple
0: double in the finals. But I, so I suppose if he does, he, he numbers wise. If they just do it by numbers, which is what I said about Kyrie, doing
1: by the effect of the game. I think it goes a different way. But it's hard to say that triple double don't have an effect on the game too.
0: So. Right. So, yeah, so I'm predicting a blowout tomorrow. So I think the Lakers will be no well Friday rather. And Friday. I believe the Lakers will be crowned world champions and I'm predicting a LeBron MVP. Um Friday. now one thing that you wanted to touch on really quickly, and we had talked about this earlier, because they were discussing this on ESPN, is like who's um like the next closest to LeBron James as far as you know being that dominant player in the NBA. And I think Steve they said there's no gap between him and KD. And I disagree right now. Um, as much as I like KD, I need to see him carry a team to the finals that did you know, because I, I still don't count that, that championship with Golden State. Um, and, then you know, it's going to sound like a little bit of hate, but that's just too, that's just a cheat code. It was just too much. I don't think nobody could could deal with that. I mean, it's just it's overwhelming, you know, what they were coming at you with. So I wanna see now that KD is in Brooklyn. He does have a superstar with them in Kyrie, but they're not loaded like the Golden State team was. So I wanna see, and now Brooklyn has a lot of good players. I mean, uh Kiris Levert, Dinwiddie, um, the dude I call the uh, Afro Samurai. What's the guy with the uh the oh, Afro uh, Allen. Yeah, him. Yeah, I, I like him. He's a gritty player. They still have DeAndre Jordan. So they have pieces there, but it's not a superstar-laden team. It's like it's not really a big three or a big four or really a big five, as they had in uh, um, Golden and State. A big in Golden State. Yeah, so um, now I want to see if KD is able to be that leader and take Brooklyn you know, to the finals um, or even get a championship. But as of right now, because I haven't seen him do that yet, because he couldn't do it in OKC. Um, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that Kevin Durant is on an equal level of LeBron James at this point in time. Um, I can't, uh, I
1: can't disagree with that. I think that's a, I think that's a solid, uh, pretty solid assessment of that situation. Uh, I'm
0: kind of, I think that I can see why that could be the next suggestion of person or player that is going to maybe make that next move. Because I think that if we look at the players that are playing now, there's only really like one dude that could even almost equate to what LeBron is. And that's KD. I mean, the thing I do like about KD is he he really is kind of like an assassin. Uh, He is a guy that, you know, has a killer instinct. My problem with his killer instinct is that we never saw that particular kind of killer instinct when you didn't. I mean, listen, I can I can be the toughest dude on the street if I got an entire army behind Exactly. But how tough are you when it's just you and this other this other guy that you got beef with and y'all just saw each other at the at the gas station. Right. You know what I mean? Like how tough are you now? Type of type of thing. And when he was in OKC he had he actually had one shot to really prove that he was that guy and they they lost 3-1 in the in the conference finals well remember that they were up three to one that's that's what i said he lost a 3-1 lead okay all right all right i got you yeah so you were up 3-1 with the opportunity to go in a different and be a different kind of KD with a different kind of OKC versus the Cavs, and you couldn't get it done. And then you go join the team that. And after that, you turn around and go join that squad. Like I, you know, I don't I don't particularly care for Stephen A. Smith, but I agree with him on this uh, on on this point. I, I still think that's one of the weakest moves. Uh from, from a superstar standpoint in sports. It was. That that was weakest as It's like me, like I'm I'm not I'm not a, a gifted athlete or anything like that, but I've I've been competitive in several you know, I like to bowl. I was a bowler, still am a bowler. Um, you know, with video games, you know, things like anything that that that's that's a competitive night. Even when we were playing street ball. Back in the day, Um, we used to play street football, um, you know, sandlot baseball, anything of that nature. Um, Anytime that my team got beat, you know, I wanted to run it back. I didn't want to go join the other side or bring like their best player on my side. I always wanted to run it back and beat them. I don't want to join them. Um, I don't care how good of friends we are. Like once it's that competitive thing going, you know, I want to beat you. And it, but but guys now are just, you know, built a little bit different. I try not to be that old head all the time. It's like, well, everything in our day was better. But what I will say is that as far as the competitive nature of guys that we grew up watching, I think was a lot um, better for the game um, than it is now, better for sports, period. Um, because back in that old NBA, man, you just had guys that, that clearly hated each other um they would be cool in the off season but during the season it's like we're not friends like i'm trying to beat it's you take your head off they could have they it's could be friends in the in the in the season however here we are magic and Isaiah, playing for a championship and now we about to scrap and they haven't their friendship hasn't been the same since that series and it was in nope. 88 like, that, yeah that was in 88 yeah so it wasn't the banana boat group that we see now. You know, where these guys are, you know, they're like in the in a limo singing <laughs> that song from <laughs> that song from the damn hangover. Oh, we're the free that right. that anyone right. can right. <laughs> have. that's whack to me. And I, I agree. I don't wanna I don't always wanna be the old guy, the old school guy that thinks everything, all things young, suck you know, totally and all that stuff. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, I really do try not to be that guy, but to be honest, I do like my stuff. You know, I I like my hammer. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think you got a hammer better than me. And but I will give your hammer credit if your hammer works as well as mine. So when I see things that are as good, or when I see things that are uh, as capable, I give that credit when it's due. However, I like my basketball because, like you say, I like to know that when the Lakers and the Celtics played each other, somebody's gonna get punched. Like, and I'm waiting on anybody to punch Danny Age. Please, please punch right. Danny Age. Is there anybody anywhere that's gonna punch Danny Age? I will go in and punch him myself. If I, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. those are the things that you don't. You don't get that fervor no more, like that that angst about a team coming in like you used to back in the day. You know, you don't get that toughness. Not to say that these guys can't play tough or don't play tough. The problem I have is that they're really just playing tough. You knew. You you was going to get some back alley shit happening in the game. You still to this day ain't forgiving uh, Mahorn for shooting at Short elbow to Mark Price's head. Oh, man. <laughs> that pretty much probably cost us the championship. That cost the whole. That, that cost everything. That was it. Because uh, look, yeah, we don't, Mark Price was never the same. We don't know if there was going to be a championship year, but one thing we do know, it wasn't going to be without Mark Price. Yeah, Mark Price played. He came back, but he just wasn't. He wasn't the same after well, he, like, he, he was not the same after that hit. Like, he was out right. for it. He was out for about six, seven games, and the Cavs oh went God. about five hundred, which gave him a the yeah. opportunity to catch back up. Because I think the Cavs were up like two or three games at that time. Right. People forget, man. Back in the in the, in the mid '80s, wow. the late '80s, wow. um, the Cavaliers would go toe to toe with the Pistons, Bulls, with everybody, and the yeah. Celtics back then. Even like, the, the Lakers, like, when they, they were, played with, yeah, they were they the were playing Cavs against were, the Lakers, man, and and play really well. Against the Lakers, they just didn't do well in the playoffs. I don't, I don't know that Coach Lenny. Uh, <laughs> I know you didn't go there. His, <laughs> his matchups sometimes were issues in the playoffs, as we know. Um, and I think, honestly, ultimately, that became their downfall. As respected as 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 Lenny was, uh, I just don't think he was a he needed somebody else on that bench that could yeah. just lean in and be like, no, nah, Lenny, we need to do yeah, this, that, that, or the other. But I don't, that, I don't think that, the NBA was set up that way back then either, though. No, that and the Ron Harper trade definitely didn't help, but that's another Oh, uh, Listen, you know me, 10. man. That I'll Ron Harper that trade threw me off the wagon. That Ron Harper trade threw me right. clean off that. I was like, oh, man, y'all got to be out your man. Oh, y'all right, trying to man, compete yeah. with Michael Jordan, and you're going to trade the guy that might be able to go back and forth with it? Exactly. Okay. Okay, y'all ain't trying to win. All right, man. All right, man. But, uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, skip past the NBA. We've covered that. We we've, we've covered the uh, the major league playoffs at least for now, as as far as they've gotten. And then let's move, smooth transition, if we can, into a little bit of football. Football has taken over, not just America, but it has taken over my life. <laughs> and I have found myself, I remember when it first started up, uh four weeks ago, about a month or so ago. I wasn't sure how I was gonna feel about it. And a, a short four weeks later, I am I got my calf shirt on, but I'm and I'm gonna use the calf slogan. I am all in to the football season right now. I'm all the way in, man. I, I'm I'm loving it. Uh my Browns are playing solid football for the first time in I don't know how long. And trust me, we all understand, because I'm sure we got some folks out there that's like, why are you getting this excited a month in? Because the Browns are going to turn into the Browns. There's nobody who knows the Browns can turn into the Browns more than Browns fans. Exactly. So give me my month, my three and one, and let me gloat and let me live. Please and thank you. Right. All right. So, let <laughs> us enjoy this. Re- yes. Go ahead, bro. I'm sorry. How, <laughs> just, I'm saying, just let us enjoy this because we don't know how long it's gonna last. Yeah. And me being being the super pessimist that I am, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> but I'm trying to stay positive. <laughs> but listen, I think every we time all are. I get excited, every time I get excited, the last time I was this excited was 2007, and all we had to do was beat like the, the Cincinnati was what what three and twelve. All we had to do was go into Cincinnati and beat them. But you gave the ball to Derek Anderson, bro. Yep, Derek Anderson in in a windstorm, a 40 mile power wind. They said they're going to throw the ball 35 times that game. And all Derek Anderson did was throw four interceptions. Now, the last time the Browns finished above 500, we finished 10 and six. 10 and and six and didn't make the playoffs. playoffs. So ever since then, I don't get it. I'm always waiting for, well, I won't say just. That that season alone, it's been like this for a while. But yeah, it's been a few seasons. I don't get excited. Like I'm 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 enjoying us being three and one. I'm happy, but I'm trying to temper my enthusiasm because I'm waiting for some type of bad luck, something to happen that derails this season. And I have to do that for my own my own mental state. For your I own have to protect sanity, bro. State. Yeah, I, I have, for my own sanity, I have to protect them. They're not sucking to me your life. own you're sanity, not, in. man. Yeah, you're not well, going to suck me in. I tell you in, what, and, and disappoint me. as a Browns fan, you have to protect your own sanity because the Browns don't give a shit about your sanity. Yeah, they sure don't. You know, they'll, they'll drag your sanity through uh, <laughs> the, the gravel pit that is their 16 uh, week season. They, I mean, they would just dog you all, you know, and and then you get fans, other fans of other teams, that will just look at you and shake their heads, like, "Are you kidding me, man?" Like, it's really right. Because we never, we never do anything easy. Like, this Cleveland we, sports we can't. We never do anything easy. We can't. Um, let's go, right, but let's go ahead and and do a quick preview here. We have the Indianapolis Colts coming in town. Um, they are 3-1 and one also, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and they're coming in with the number one defense. So this would probably be our first true test against a quality defensive team this week. So uh, what are your thoughts going into this game, and what do you think we need to do to knock off old man Rivers and the uh, Indianapolis? Uh-huh. Well, I-, I would like to say something sexy. I would like to say something... That nobody else is thinking about. The truth is, simple basket. Excuse me. I'm um, simple football. Is what we need to do. We need to do what I've always felt like we needed to do. We still are developing our identity. Uh, we are still developing how we play on a on a play to play basis. So so. I can't say anything sexy yet. So going into this game, as you as you pointed out, we are dealing with uh, the best defense in the National Football League, and definitely the best defense. Obviously, the best defense that we've played uh, all season. Uh, they allow somewhere around four yards of carry. Okay. Uh, rushing wise, so that could be a problem. Mm-hmm. They also have the lowest passer rating, uh, number one in the uh, lowest pass rating in the league, and they're only allowing, like, six yards per attempt. So that could be a problem. Here's the plus side, though. Baker Mayfield only averages about 160, 170 yards per game anyway. Right. So the passing game isn't – I won't say that that's not a concern, Here's what we need to do. We need to run the ball. Running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. Anybody who's watched this show, Sean, to Sean I probably sound like a broken record. Every week I've said the run game is our issue. We have to run the football. If we can run the ball effectively, I'm not necessarily saying we need to do what we did last week where we were averaging about eight and a half to nine and a half yards per carry. That would be awesome if we can But being able to run even at close to five yards of carry is effective enough. You know what I mean? That gives us some room where they still have to honor what we do on the run uh, part of the game. So I'm looking for the run game to still be what the run game is. I saw a great uh, platoon of guys that showed up last week when my guy Nick Chubb went out of the game. I'm expecting to see the same thing this week. I hope to see the same thing this week. I'm also gonna bring up the offensive line. With this defense being as good as it is against the run and against the pass, you're gonna have to get back a little bit of time and you're gonna have to open up some of those holes. But that also brings in uh, the third thing that I think the offense needs to do: short passes. I need to see. I think we're going to see a lot out of Austin Hooper, or, or we should. And with Kareem Hunt on the field a little bit more, we'll probably see a little more uh, passes, a few more passes rather to the running backs. I think that would be backs. effective and, to and that's what, what they do. I'm sorry, what's that? And that's what I'm excited to see because now um, Kareem Hunt, like the league delegated him as basically a backup running back, but Kareem Hunt is not anyone's backup running back. So now he's going to get the, the, the bulk load of the carries. I'm excited to see him. He's trying to reestablish himself. So I'm excited to see now that he, now he has that shot again, Um, you know, how he's going to look. And also, we haven't really run any screen passes or anything like that this year. And I think we're primed to catch a couple of teams off guard with that. And this is a great game for that. Um, with and that's- get him out there with those big hogs out there. Yep. I know. I and think that's what do. I'm looking forward to like I think that it's it the time is now you've you've built up uh the run game to a certain point you've kind of imposed your will uh, at the point of attack off, off from the offensive line standpoint now you're getting ready to run into the best complete defense not just a good defensive line not just a good uh, right. group of linebackers, not just a good defensive backfield. You are getting ready to run into the best defense that you've seen. Now, I don't, I couldn't say what they do or run schematically, uh, meaning uh, the Colts. I don't know what they do. However, I know that if we beat them at the point of attack, the offensive line has to create those holes still, and we still got to create uh, some time for Baker even if it's going to be a short pass. And they got to clear those passing lanes because again, Baker's not that tall, so you got to be able to give him somewhere to throw those balls to. I'm right. looking forward to seeing Baker, you know, potentially uh keep this streak of no turnovers going. I think he's getting some game
1: manager, I will call it he's doing what he needs to do to continue his team when he sees what is working and he's just gonna do what it takes for us to win. Because sometimes you might have that play downfield. But bro, I, I gotta make this short play because if I hold on a little bit longer i the set. And then it out play call after that. So I'm interested to see how they, how they uh, affect or how it affect this uh Colts defense has what the Browns want to do offensively. Also the, the other thing I wanna point out is Bows That's the other key to the game, is, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is This offensive line is actually really good. Uh the Colts offensive line. And they have to be because Rivers is legitimately a statue. Right. He's not very mobile and he's old. So, can't be getting that dude touched up. he's an all So, you got to protect him. There's no way he would have went there if he didn't think he would be protected. And they have a really good offensive line. So, I would like to see what type of disruption Miles can do. Uh, versus
0: this right.
1: offensive uh, line.
0: Indianapolis, Indianapolis hasn't done much offensively um, yet this uh, year. Um, that yep. they've beaten, they've beaten Jacksonville, Minnesota. Um, the Jets. who else did they beat? The Jets, the Jets and the Bears, and the they Bears. So they, so they lost one of those. Who did they lose to? Uh, they lost, no, actually, they lost to Jacksonville. They, they lost, lost to Jacksonville, Bear.
1: but they played. They beat the Jets. They
0: beat the Bears, and they beat the Vikings. Right. All right. So this probably will be the biggest test for their defense because they haven't faced the offense um like ours with a rushing attack like ours. So that that'll be a test for them. Um one big key is that Phillip Rivers will give you a couple. Yep. He's gonna throw a couple of yep. uh, he's gonna give you a couple of turnovers each game. You have to take advantage of them. So yep. like last week against Dallas, we probably dropped three or four interceptions. We have to make those plays um when they're there. Um because we've never in the in the past, the Browns haven't played against Phillip Rivers well at all. Um, I think we only beat him that I can think of maybe once. Matter of fact, the year the year we went one and fifteen, he's the one, that's that one game that kept us from going on 16 that year, um, was beating uh San Diego at the time. But normally we don't fare against Phillip Rivers all that well. So uh, you know, when he gives you the opportunities, when he throws those two ill-advised passes that he does every game. That was a different Philip Rivers, too. It was. I mean, uh. The Philip Rivers that we're, we're going to see on Sunday is the, is playing a lot more like Baker Mayfield right now. Yeah, About 165, 170 70 yards a game, et cetera, et cetera, because he's just not, I mean, listen, the dude's almost 40. I'm almost 50, and trust me, if I had to throw a football to my porch right now, I would be hurt for weeks. I had to. My arm will be with the football. but you know, that's not, and it's not a knock on 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 Rivers. I think Rivers is a a solid enough quarterback in his in his heyday. I think he's just there holding holding that spot over until they get somebody there. So I just think that those are the things that get back to our points. I think that those are the things that we need to do or that we need to exploit. They don't really have a huge run game. We haven't played great against the run anyway, but if we can put the game on Phillip Rivers and get pressure on that guy, it could change some things. So I'd like to see what the defense is going to do, what what the, uh, the coordinators have lined up for Sunday. I also would like to see what OBJ is going to do. Again, space, get this dude in space. Get this dude in space. Get agreed. this dude agreed, agreed, agreed. in space. I've been saying it right. since week one. Don't tell me that this dude sucks. No, he doesn't. He sucks the routes that y'all got him running, where he's running into five and six other guys. Get him in space. Put him on one-on-one situations. I can't say it enough. Yeah, and that's so, why I give the fancy credit, because he's doing things, starting to do things to put OBJ in a position where he can make plays. So um, one thing I know that we wanted to touch on too, um, especially going through this pandemic, the NFL is starting to be really hit hard uh, with positive tests for COVID-19. Um, and uh, one of my friend of mine, I'm um, gonna give a shout out to Michael Jennings out there. He just sent me an article where Tennessee up, may be facing some type of sanctions or penalties because I guess what happened when they're trying to, you know, doing contact tracing to see what happened. I guess Tennessee had a group workout outside of the facility. And maybe that's what caused um the outbreak on their team, because they have what now up to twenty-two players. Um they that might that might be including you know, the coaches as well. So and that's just ridiculous, bro. Yeah. So I these mean, guys, man, you have to you have to be smart and i think here's my thing real quick i think one of the issues is with a lot of people um and including myself i'm i'm not, not going to be a hypocrite i think with covid-19 tangible to a lot of people because a lot of people are testing positive but they don't have any symptoms they're not seeing um you know their peers or close family but actually getting sick and especially athletes, these are conditioned athletes young men so you're so even though a lot of athletes are catching it you're not hearing about really any of the athletes getting really really sick or hospitalized i think like zeke when zeke Ezekiel elliott had it he said uh you know he had a couple of sniffles that was it russell westbrook caught it you didn't hear anything about him getting sick. uh kevin durant just to name a few even with cam newton right now you're not you're, okay he's tested positive but he's not probably not Sick, so I think these guys are taking things a little bit lightly. Now, here's the thing: um, you're putting the season in jeopardy because if you test positive, they don't care if you're showing symptoms, they're worried about you spreading it to coaches that a little older, um, yeah. who may, be, you know, um, yeah, who may not adversely. be able to deal with it the same way, yeah, e- exactly, or to, so, or to somebody's parents, or to somebody's wife, or to somebody's kids. kids. Yeah, so it's a bigger, it's a bigger situation. Like, it's not just, it's not, yeah, you gotta be smart, bro. I mean, it's not just uh, about the person that contacts it. Uh, A lot of people don't know this. Before we did the video, uh, before we had a YouTube page and all that stuff, we were actually, in the same room at all times during this show. Right. Well, thank God for Zoom, but now we're doing it remotely because Sean has uh, an elderly grandmother that he's around all the time. His mom is uh, older as well, just like my mom. They're older. Like I come in contact with my mom. My dad is not in the best of health. My mother-in-law, who I live next to is not in the best of health and she's elderly as well. I have kids. Listen, I'm I always feel like I'm the guy that's going that would catch it. Don't have any symptoms and I'll come in contact with everybody and get everybody else sick. That's the worst case scenario for me personally. You know, I mean I don't want to be sick either. But if I have to choose, I would probably choose to be sick and nobody else gets sick. But these NFL guys have to be more aware because, again, but they're they're young guys. They're 20-year-old guys. And when I was 20-something, I thought I was Superman, too. Yeah. I thought there was no way that anything was going to happen. I was in the Air Force and, I mean, hell, I was doing all kinds of stuff. I'm flying. I ain't even like to fly, but I'm flying in planes and I'm on the back of planes and I'm doing, <laughs> you know, I'm doing stuff that I've never done before. Feeling like oh, I should be okay, and that's probably what these guys are thinking. Um, but yeah, it's reckless so, to um, think that way, even for me back then, and it's reckless for these guys to think that way because there's more people involved in it than just you and yourself. So, um, Right, and, and you're looking at maybe jeopardizing the season because now Tennessee... The entire season. Maybe, like, like, yeah, they may, the may not be able season. to play Sunday in Buffalo, so that'd be too... So as of now... They haven't made the official word, at least that I've seen. But uh, they said the game is up in the air right now. They don't know. Uh, Because Tennessee, they they may not have enough guys to show up. Yeah, exactly. And then why even bring them in the tour? If, If I'm the Bills, I'm not playing that game. If I'm a Bills player, like if I know that that team has been infected or affected, however you want to say it, I'm not, no, I'm good. Right. And, if, and I think if it comes out that they really did break protocol, I think the NFL are saying they may, you know, have them forfeit a game because um, really they should. Yeah. Cause you may not like, you can make up one postponed game, um, but two is asking a lot, you know, especially because, NFL is on. I mean, I guess they can push some stuff back, but that's just. But how does that work with the NFL PA? Then? Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how, how that shakes out. It was Wednesday. I'm pretty sure you know, by, by Thursday or Friday, they'll make a decision whether or not they're going to play I'll tell put you what, though. Here's another problem. As we talked about the, the Bills and the Titans, it also came out that Stefan Gilmore tested positive. Yeah, so that was a one. Yeah. So, now you have a game, another game that could potentially be in Jeopardy. So that's that's at least two Patriots that have tested positive in the last week and a half, two weeks. That's Cam and Stefan. And these guys are starters. And they also sent a picture of or showed a picture where Stefan after the game last week was right in. He was given uh uh Moms. Uh, uh, the freaking kid from from uh Kansas City, their quarterback, giving him a hug, like face yeah. mask to face mask. So, yeah, you're talking about jeopardizing a lot. Exactly. So that guy, that guy is positive, you know. But they said that there's no positive test from the Chiefs as of today, who played on right now, right in that game. So that's as of right now. So we don't know how this is going to go, but just bringing it up, just like chopping it up and talking about it. I just feel like I agree with you now. I don't know that I agree with you at first when you were talking about, uh, the potential of the NFL, maybe going to a bubble or whatever, but I I just don't, because you got so much personnel. They can only do it in the playoffs. They can't do it during the season. Yeah. There's no way to do it during the season. You can have a playoff bubble, um, like one city that could definitely hold a play. You probably, if you had to pick two cities, to Dallas. Play- would be Dallas and probably Houston. Um, then in close proximity, you have a bunch of college campuses around that can, uh, probably you have your practice facilities, as well as house the uh, The players. They would probably do more than just two, but those two cities. Um, those are two that would stand out to me. Yeah. Yes. That that would be able to house the games to give you the space that you needed. Right. Um, you know, I would like to say they would probably push for Vegas, but Vegas is still it's too it's still too many people. Like there's nowhere for those guys to go. Yeah, Vegas doesn't have I mean you be, well, you lived in Vegas so you know how I set up out there. Really, yeah, it's, and it's, and that's life. that's what I mean. It's it's nowhere for those guys to go. Like they would have to, to basically cordon off say like the MGM because they were talking about doing that for for the NBA, but again, the NBA is like a third of their rosters are a third of the NFL rosters. And
1: so that's then you have just a,
0: less the rosters. That's not less easy. Less personnel, less yeah, equipment. Yeah, that's just all awesome awesome. easy easier that's to do not even that's, that's, that's not the even the guys, yeah that's not even the rest of the the trainers and uh, and the equipment guys and you know what i'm saying the assistants and all that stuff that have to to make that trip in order for your team to be uh, effective as you would like for them to be so i mean there's it's, it's a lot to think about bro um but let's let's leave the uh the COVID stuff until we figure some stuff out on our Sunday show. Uh, right. But right now, it looks like it might be an issue. And you called right. it. You called it. You called it weeks ago. Uh, again. And wouldn't it be fitting that the Browns start off 8-1? That's What's the that only mean, way it's going to happen, bro. That's and, the and only way. It's we would have – We would have – We would be on our way into the playoffs at the number one seed <laughs> with Cleveland hosting all the games – and then they will cancel the season. That's the only way it's going to happen. Oh, but you know saying. what? I want to touch on something else real quick before uh, before we get to our picks uh, from last week and then make our next picks for for the weeks going forward. So we just played the Washington football team uh, two weeks ago. Yep. And we are pretty familiar with their quarterback, uh Mr. Dwayne Haskins. He's been demoted. And not just demoted. He's he's not even the backup right now. Oh wow. They I saw I saw where this dude has been demoted to the third straight. Wow. Now I don't know how fair that is. I don't know what he did, and now here's here's me thinking as an old guy. Um, here's me thinking as a guy who's managed a business and run businesses and stuff like that. What do you do when a player, to, I mean, to put yourself in a spot where this guy goes from being your guy to not even close to your guy? It has to be something that happened, right? I was trying to like play with it in my head. I saw a post about it earlier on Facebook and one of my friends was like, oh, I feel sorry for this guy uh, talking about Haskins. I feel sorry for this guy because he hasn't had a chance to you know, really live up to this and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm not sure he's on his second coach in his second year if he's been given the right development a lot of that stuff I agree with. Because at the end of the day, you got to have player development, correct? Right. So, but here's my thing here. I don't think he's gotten the right development. Uh, His last coach wasn't sold on him. He, he, He didn't believe that this was his guy, and he felt like he was being forced on him by. A but he didn't want to do right. He didn't want to draft him in the first place. He didn't want to draft him to begin with. So when you're dealing with that by itself, that's an issue because they're not giving you extra help. They're not trying to make sure that you get what you need. They are almost setting you up to fail on purpose. So that's an issue. Um, now you get rid of that guy, and. You bring in a a coach who is probably the total opposite of that guy. This dude is all business. And he's only about his quarterback not turning the ball over. He's a game, almost a game manager because he's a defensive guy. So now he comes in and he wants you to be all business, but he hasn't learned how to be all business. So that's a problem too. Now, here's the third part of that. A lot of this is on Dwayne Haskins himself because he's not totally developed. And I don't know that he's doing everything that he can do to become totally developed. It falls on more than one person's shoe. It's not just one thing that's wrong here. It's a lot that's wrong here. They drafted the guy to potentially be the, the guy. The coach didn't want him. Now you force this guy out, and I don't know that this coach wants him. So where is the development? And then you got pictures of this guy. (laughs) You got pictures of this guy. This is what I got right before we went on air. You got pictures of this guy not taking a single solitary snap, standing on the sideline during practice like this, like almost refusing to take snaps with the second team. And I think that's why he got demoted to the third team. However, where, where is the upside and how do you recover in this situation? Well, he's not going to recover it in Washington because clearly, with uh, the new regime in there, they didn't draft him. And when you do that, when you pull the plug on him this early, you have no intentions of developing him because Washington's not going to win anything this year at all. Nothing. 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 So so if you really were invested in him and you would let it play out, okay, we're going to have to have growing pains this year. Let the kid play 16 games. Let's see how he develops. Doesn't show any any promise. You can go ahead and move on next season. So basically he's going to get cut at the end of this season, and he's going to hopefully get picked up by a team that sees a potential that's willing to develop him. He needs time to sit behind um, a veteran quarterback and have a good coach that's going to be willing to, to teach him in Washington. And we talked about that. We did. talked about that, didn't we? We did. we did. So hopefully, you know, it works. I think he's a good kid. He has some talent, man. He has the arm talent. Oh, I the upside on this dude is, is incredible. Yeah, see? He might right. be as gifted as any Ohio State quarterback who has ever come out of Ohio State, uh, short really of good. Joe Burrow. Look, short of Joe Burrow. Yeah, but Joe, Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow, wasn't is Burrow man, family at family. the time. Yeah, but Joe yeah. Burrow wasn't Joe Burrow at that time. Yeah, man. we didn't. Yeah, yeah stop stop with yeah. the. I, I just had somebody say, oh, well, Joe Burrow came out of LSU. He played one year at LSU, man. Stop it. Didn't stop he play two? It. Listen, he played one year that mattered at LSU. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just going to take. I'm wild they take all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all about the old, baby. Yeah, so um, we can go ahead and recap our picks from last week. That be horrible. First game we picked was the Broncos and the Jets, and I have no idea. I don't know what possessed me to pick the Jets in that Well, game. listen, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why. See, thankfully, I take great notes. Here's why we both picked the Jets because I picked the Jets too. That makes me. We feel picked bad. the Jets because we thought with the young guy, uh, Brett Rippen, uh, By the way. I'm going I'm to I'm take a little uh, stage left. The Yankees are getting it handed to them right Yeah, now. they are. It's 7-2. I'm watching it. <laughs> it's 8-2 now. Is it? Yeah. It's, it's okay, my, my TV's a little bit behind. And and, and and they're they're getting it handed to them right now. But uh, Well, Tampa Bay always plays the Yankees tough like that. Though, man. It's always. They always have. I don't even know why.
1: You know, wasn't gonna play well because he's a young guy, his first start. But you know how that was gonna work out for him. Greg Williams would probably tune him up, etc., etc. Uh, the problem here is that
0: the Jets are a goddamn train wreck, bro. <laughs> and this is coming from a Browns fan, bro. <laughs> I knew you know what?
1: think is so, as bad as he's looking
0: and I and I feel their pain when I when I watch the Jets I'm like man that was us like three years ago It was us bro just doing just just doing anything possible to lose the game and and, and hurt yourself that was us I'm like man I'm so glad that that's not us anymore man I was like man they are they do awful. Anything possible to lose that game. They do anything possible to lose the game. There was a period where Brett Rippin was looking like he, he was looking like the next <laughs> coming to John Elway, though.
1: Right. He was—he
0: was like blazering. I mean, he ended up having a couple picks or whatever in the game, but at that early in that game, man, this dude looked like he was unstoppable. They couldn't do anything to stop the guy. They couldn't do anything to stop him, and that's bad. Like, that's awful. And not just because he's a young guy, but they couldn't figure out a way to make the bleeding stop. The bleeding was happening, and I think it's a lot about – or excuse me, it's a lot like with our Browns teams, where when the bleeding happens, people are just on the sideline. Like, man, just let it bleed, man. Who
1: cares? Nobody cares. And there wasn't any any. Trying to make that uh, that
0: bleeding stop. So we both ended up picking the Jets, like idiots. Right. We both took an L on that one. I'll never pick the Jets again. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> our our second team was a st- or the or our second game rather was the Steelers Titans. That game was canceled. Right. So uh, you know we just take a watch on that one. Uh, yep. our the third next game thing was Bills and Raiders, right? was the Bills and the Raiders. Uh, we actually both picked the Bills. Um, Josh Allen actually looked as good as I thought he was going to look. And they ended up winning. Um, The Sunday night football game that we picked, the Eagles and the Niners. Uh, you picked the Eagles. I, I
1: picked the 49ers. The okay. Eagles. Uh, I thought Nick
0: Mullins would play better. I thought the Niners would feel, uh, you know, better after winning that game the week before that. And but they're so didn't... depleted, man. They, they just don't yeah. have enough. Yeah. But but that, yeah. that's an indictment on the Eagles because the Eagles really did. I mean, it's not like they blew them out. That was a close game. It was close know, all the way through. Yeah, I mean, but both teams way. are kind of depleted, actually. Um, yeah. But so we ended – <laughs> we ended our first week uh, both two and two so we're still tied we're basically zero and zero right now right because you picked um, the Browns to win and I picked um the Cowboys because I picked the Browns and this Jagoff <laughs> picked <laughs> the Cowboys <laughs> here we are Look, what do I look? I got Cleveland on my shirt. I got Cleveland behind me. I got Cleveland on my head. And this dude, this is all Cleveland show. But I know why he picked. Me. <laughs> he is so jaded. He just expects us to always let us down. That's how it goes. I just, I felt pretty good about the Browns uh, last week. I just, I, what it really boiled down to is I wasn't sure what. Dallas was gonna do uh, that was my that was my caveat but uh so we ended that week two and two and here we are getting ready to go into week five so last week Sean introduced the games this week I, I think I'll introduce the games and our first game shall be a a, a classic Thursday night football because when does Thursday Night football ever let us down <laughs> uh, we have actually a solid game that's coming up. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are 3-1 uh, going into uh, Soldier Field versus the 3-1 Chicago Bears. I'll let you pick first or give me uh, what your uh, breakdown oh. might be for the game or whatever. I'm just going with Tampa Bay. I think uh, Tom Brady's finally getting that offense together. Um, They're being a little bit more consistent offensively. I don't trust the Bears at all. You don't know what Nick Foles will show up from game to game. Um, I don't think the Bears are really that good. I don't think they're actually a three and one team at this point in time. So um, I'm going with with Tampa. Um, I'm going to go with Tampa as well. they're not that great defensively, but neither is the uh, neither are the Bears. Their front four is incredible, by the way. Uh, you know, with Khalil Mack and, and whatnot. But I think they're going to have to do a little bit more to win that game, and that's why I'm picking uh, the Bucks to All right. win. Uh, the second game is the two and two Raiders going into. Venerable Arrowhead Stadium uh, to see the Chiefs, who are four and zero. This is a divisional game, and I think that the Chiefs are going to continue to roll. I think so, through too. this part of the season. Um, I thought the Chiefs struggled. Who did the Chiefs played last week? They struggled against somebody. Uh, they did. They did struggle uh, in that game, but it was. I mean and, and here's the crazier part. Saying that the Chiefs struggled. They struggled early. They figured it out by the end of the game and, and still won by like twelve or thirteen points. Right. You know, it's, it's the still they played. That's what they played. Uh, yeah, the Patriots. Monday night. Yeah. So because that game got postponed and pushed back or whatever, right? Because of the because of uh, Cam Newton. Mm. But uh yeah, I see, I see the Chiefs winning this game. I think they're going to have a problem with Waller. I think Waller is the best tight end uh, the first month of the season oh, in, really? in the NFL. But I don't think that's enough. I don't trust Derek Carr. Derek Carr who actually has eight touchdowns and no interceptions. How yeah, I in, look at that stat. I don't know. How on the earth that happened? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how that's happening. Right. However, I think that's coming to an end on uh, Sunday. I, I think we really will probably honest. end up throwing a pick. I don't trust their car. I just don't trust their car. Sorry uh, for my, my Las Vegas fans uh, that I know and love so well. I, I, I used to work in Vegas, for those of you who didn't know. Um. Okay. So let's move on to our third game. Uh, we do five games uh, a week by the way. We don't do the whole schedule. We just do, we pick five games randomly, or I pick five games randomly, and I force Sean to make a pick. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. I get bullied into these five games every week. So So, we got the Bengals and Ravens. (laughs) So our third game, as John just pointed out, is uh, the one, two, and one. Joe Burrow led Cincinnati Bungles versus uh, the Baltimore uh, Ratbirds. Uh, they are three and one, by the way. Um, <sighs> the Ravens blitz a lot. Joe Burrow. Uh, uh, Joe Burrow has. I don't know what's wrong with my tongue tonight. Joe Burrow has an awful offensive line. He's gonna. He's gonna get hammered. It's my expectation. Not a What's wish. A game game. The line has to be at least fourteen points. Uh, uh, up real quick, dude, I, you know what? That's a good. That's a good point. We need to look that up. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Because uh, I mean, these guys blitz damn near half the time the uh, the, the Ravens do. Yep. So, so rookie quarterback coming in. You got a rookie quarterback with a with a team that already blitzes veterans. Right. Almost half the goddamn time. With an offensive line that is awful. Yep, and the line is 13, so the Ravens are favored by. Yeah, first. yeah, yeah. That listen, man, I'm not shocked by that, cause I listen the line. I need to get some of those profits. How many plays does Joe Burrow get before he is leaving <laughs> concussed? He's carried off the field. Man, you see that hitting? <laughs> And they huh? called that, and they threw a flag on that play. And that wasn't an illegal hit the, the, the hit they took against Philadelphia. I didn't think it was an illegal hit. Um, it wasn't. But I didn't, I didn't but, think that it was an illegal hit, but. But we're, we're in the era now where they pretty much want to put a, put a just pink don't on the quarterback. They, they, they'll err on the side of caution because the NFL ain't, listen, they're not trying to keep paying $200 million to folks for settlements, man. That's <laughs> a, right. That's a yeah, lot. That's what it Listen, comes down to. Yeah, it's all about lawsuits. Even even if I got ten billion dollars, I got to pay you two hundred million. <laughs> I'm mad as hell. Right. So they that's probably a, that's, that's, that's two hundred million. I ain't got at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh, the both of us. Wait, hold on. So I should have been doing this earlier, but we both picked the Bucks. We right. both picked the Chiefs. That was an easy one, actually. And so is this one. But that's a divisional game. That's the only reason I put that in there. Because Sean usually hates any and everything that's not Browns within our division, and so do I. Yeah, I hate both of those teams equally. That's the thing. I actually thought Sean would say, who cares who wins this game? I hope the stadium implodes. No, I'm not at that point yet. Um, Now, when the Ravens and Steelers play each other, that's when I pray to the gods to – I don't care. Listen, I hate Cincinnati. I hate uh, Baltimore, and I hate the stupid Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, let's move on, because that can drive us down a whole other road as well. Right. Um, Our fourth game, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the uh, Houston Texans, who are awful right now. The Texans are Absolutely horrendous. But the Jags are too. Yes. This is a game I will not be watching on Sunday. <laughs> um most definitely. The only way I watch this game, because I got the Sunday ticket. Why well, I have it, I don't I mean I'm kind of getting it for free right now. But I'm gonna watch when the Browns are on, I'm not gonna turn to any other game anyway. But the only way that I flip to this game, if it's close in the fourth quarter and nothing else is going on, then I'll tune to it. But the Jacksonville just has a history of just being one of the most boring, most irrelevant teams in the NFL. Even when they were good, bro. Even yeah. when they were good. I didn't want to watch Jacksonville. But unfortunately, they're not even good right now. No, um, they, they got I don't a porn star for a quarterback in Gardner Minshew. <laughs> um, He's got the porn stats. Yeah, the porn stats. <laughs> um, But I'm a pick... Houston and you remember, Houston just fired uh, Bill O'Brien, which I knew it was coming at some point. Um, they really should have did it in the offseason. Really, as soon as he traded DeAndre Hopkins, if I was the owner, I was like, first of all, I wouldn't have let that trade happen. Two, I would have fired him right then and there. For even has thinking to about work, it, listen, it has to work. Like if that's what you do, it has to work. Now here's the problem that they had. They started out the season with the, with the uh, with the Chiefs. So. Let's say, let's just say this was their first game of the season. They might not be 0-4. And, and right. They could have, they might be 1-3 as opposed to 0-4. Not that 1-3 is better, but maybe the dude still has his job. I'm not even advocating for uh, Bill O'Brien. I don't know that that dude is any good. I think he's one of those coaches that do a pretty solid job in the, in the uh, regular season. I just don't know that he's the guy that gets you over the hump. So I think it might actually uh, be good for them to move forward without him. And, you know, at certain points, everybody needs a little bit of change, some sort of shakeup. So I think this is one of those games where this might be what was needed for the Texans to kind of turn around. The problem I have is they're going to kill Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah, in the process. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. However, um, I think that they're going to win this game. game. Yeah, However, clear. I think they're going to win this game. I agree. But so right you. now, I need you to pick opposite of me or think differently than me, uh, you son of a bitch. Because right now, we got <laughs> the, the four, <laughs> four of the same shit. So even if we hit on all four, we still got the same damn record. Yep, and it's about to be the same because I'm picking the Browns against the Indianapolis, too. So, and I'm picking the Browns, too. So, so we're, we just have to be on the same page. But these picks here, but these picks are kind of like no-brainers, though, uh, except, for, well, the yeah. except and, for the Browns. Except for the Browns. Listen, and I, I did, I scoured. Not that there was that many games, but I did at least look up and down the schedule for the games that would have some level of relevancy. But there really wasn't much. It's still early, too. Yeah. So, you know, we'll 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 balance it out as we uh, as we move forward into the season. Hopefully, the season continues. And hopefully, uh, people's health starts to matter to other folks. And then, you know, we can get more games and more games and have playoffs and stuff like that. Because we're going to just continue them all the way throughout. We're not going to stop until, you know, I win the championship because I figure I'm going to probably win it anyway. So I'll keep giving you chances to figure it out. But if you keep thinking like me, it's going to be easy. Please stop it. Just stop. I know I'm going to come out victorious <laughs> at the end of the day because I'm smarter. So. Um, oh, yeah. Really? Really? That's what, This is where we're going? That's where, we, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. All right, Not so I'm smarter. looking. For, Remember that shit, America. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm looking for the Browns in a close game. I think this is going to be a little bit lower scoring. I don't think we're going to put up 30 this week, so it'll probably be uh, uh, like a 20-17 to 17 type game. I I, I was thinking 20-16. to 16. So similar, similar thoughts. I, I thought we're going to need to score. We got to put up some some digits because this defense is is actually pretty solid. But, uh, and I was actually thinking 20 to 13, but I was like, no, nah, they'll probably, you know, our defense, I, I can't. As long as defense. we have Sandejo in the secondary, we're not going to give up any less than 17 points a game. And seventeen is being as bad as our defense is. Saying Indy's That's only going to score good. seventeen is kind of generous. That's actually pretty good. Right, uh, but I was thinking because the uh, only thing I was thinking is, and I think we said this before about uh, about a team we played. I don't know anybody on their offense, bro. Uh, and we were talking about Watson. I don't know anybody on that offense. No, I know Hines, the running back. Philip Rivers. Paris Campbell is hurt. Another Ohio State alum. Yeah. Line. He's yeah, we you know T.Y. Hilton, T.Y. But he I mean, has. Really okay, been. okay, my bad. T.Y. But I T.Y. T.Y. Hilton hasn't really been T.Y. Hilton in a while. He's not. It is hard same to be when you don't have anything. Hilton, too. I mean, T.Y. Right. is not a big guy. He's. It's not like he can impose his will, in terms of his his stature. He just has to outfast everybody, which is easy for him. But when you're the only guy, you can roll that whole defense that way. Exactly. So, All right, man. So made our picks. I guess we can go ahead and wrap up the midweek edition of Two Guys and a Mic. want to thank everyone um, for tuning in once again. We appreciate the support. Um, you can go ahead, Ron, and let them know where they can um, listen to our podcast. All right, guys. So again, just kind of echoing what my partner just said. Uh, I absolutely appreciate any and every uh, ear that's out there listening for us. This is fun for us. We have a great time doing it, but we want to make sure that you guys have the best information uh, and be entertained as well. So again, I thank you guys. You can reach us uh, on our email if you want to get in touch with us personally at 2guys and a mic. That's the number, or excuse me, the spelling to TWO uh guys and a mic 216 at gmail.com email us let us know how you like the show let us know how you love the show let us know how you hate the show we appreciate it one way or the other way we we do appreciate it because that means you're listening now we we could still be here without you guys listening but the reason that we're putting it out here is because we want you guys to listen uh also we are on facebook as well two guys and a mic two one six go to the page like it we will put links uh to our podcast so that you guys can listen to it. We also have other information on there as well um, that are that is pertinent to our podcast as well as to sports in general. Um, we also have a YouTube page. So don't forget to subscribe to that. Again, two guys in a mic. Uh, the spelling of the number two, T-W-O. Guys in a mic 216. So we have a number of venues that you guys are, excuse me, mediums that you guys can get to us at. I would love to see you guys there on any of those platforms. Uh, We're working on the IG page as well. So we just look forward to seeing you guys. We also look forward to hearing your uh, your feedback. We're going to be here on Sunday after the Browns game, as usual, whether you guys are here with us or whether it's just us. But uh, we look forward to seeing, hearing, and talking to you guys as we move forward. I love you guys. Love you, Sean. Peace, man. I love you too, bro. And you have a good night. You too. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Tune in to us on Sunday after the NFL games for our next podcast. Until then, peace.